Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. It's time for Faith to Live By with Sue Taylor. Thank you for joining me today on Faith to Live By. This is Sue Taylor. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, beginning with verse 16, Paul gives us eight or so exhortations as Christians and also as elders and leaders in churches. He begins these exhortations with verse 14. He says, Now we exhort you, brethren, warn them that are unruly, comfort the feeble-minded, support the weak, and be patient toward all men. See that none render evil for evil unto any man, but ever follow that which is good both among yourselves and to all men. Prior to these verses, Paul addresses the elders and the leaders of the church how to conduct themselves. He now turns to the Christians. First of all, the unruly are those who won't submit to the Holy Spirit for change or keep in step with growing spiritually but they insist on their way and thoughts regardless of how contrary it is to Scripture. They may be those who have irresponsible behavior, or those who disturb the peace within a body of believers, or those who refuse to work. The unruly are described in Second Thessalonians chapter 3 as walking disorderly, not working and being busybodies. We have a responsibility beloved, as mature Christians to warn such people who call themselves Christians but are being unruly. We should pray for discernment and courage to warn them in love and then leave the results to the Holy Spirit. It says to comfort the faint-hearted. These are those who need constant exhortation to rise above the trials and difficulties of life. Now, I am sure that we all know people that just can't seem to grasp the victory they seek. They love the Lord with all their heart, but they need help and encouragement to be steadfast in their faith, not to quit, but to keep trusting. This is why we are to comfort them. Also, we are are told to uphold the weak. Now, I believe that this includes those who are physically, morally, and spiritually, and maybe even financially weak. Here again, we need to have discernment in what areas to help those who are weak. And discernment comes from staying in the Word by prayer and asking the Holy Spirit for His wisdom and His guidance. We are also told that we are to be patient with all. Now, this means that we are to show the grace of long-suffering when others tend to irritate or to provoke us. And I'm sure that we all have those people in our lives. We may get tired of hearing about their troubles or their trials or their favorite subject of which we have no interest. But are we willing to bend and be long-suffering, esteeming each other above ourselves? And then after these exhortations to warn the unruly, to comfort the faint-hearted, and uphold the weak, and be patient with everyone, Paul now tells us the formulas by which we can accomplish this. And he gives us some essentials of having the right frame of mind spiritually. First, Paul forbids any thought of revenge or getting back. 
He says, don't render evil for evil unto any man, but ever follow that which is good. And then he says, he begins by telling us to rejoice always. You know, it's really hard, beloved, to have a spirit of bitterness or revenge when you are rejoicing in the Holy Spirit. We can rejoice because Christ is our source of joy, and we must affirm that Christ is in control of the circumstances of our life, no matter how small or how, lo- or how, how large the circumstance. Joy comes from knowing that you know that you know that Christ is in control of all of your life. He is Lord of all, or he is not Lord at all. So remember that, you know, rejoice regardless. And this is a great exhortation by Paul. In fact, sometimes I think that we're disobedient in this way because we look at the circumstances of life around us. I know just recently being um, feeling like I was just really strung out in a lot of directions and I was getting ready to you know, to go downstairs and just have my morning devotion that I felt just a a quickening in my heart. Do it with joy, always with joy. Our attitude is so important, how we approach anything. And one of the greatest things that we can approach, how we can approach anything is to rejoice before we even approach it, to say, thank you, Lord. We are also admonished by Paul to pray without ceasing. Now, this means to stay in an attitude of prayer. We should be on such good terms with God that at any moment of the day, we can turn to him and make our request as the need arises. Praying without ceasing to me means that I enjoy the continual communion with my Lord at any given moment. Not just screaming out for help when I need it, when a crisis comes, but telling him how much I love him and appreciate him on a daily basis. Also, another admonition is to give thanks. This should always be our first emotion when trouble comes our way, saying, Lord, I don't understand this, but I thank you anyway. If Romans chapter 8, verse 28 is true, that all things work together for my good, then I should not hesitate to say thank you, Lord, even for this, because somehow I know that God will work it out for my good. Although if there is sin involved, we cannot excuse the sin, but rather we need to repent of it, turn from it, and then continue giving thanks. I have to inject here that if you are going through a particular trial or difficulty before you start to give thanks, Ask God to examine your own heart and see if repentance is necessary first, and then you will be more assured of the answer and things working out for your own good. But if there is some sin knowingly in your life and things keep happening in that same area, then it is time for self-examination. Because if we are in any known sin, no matter how small, it will be difficult for us to give thanks for our heart will condemn us. Next, we should not quench the Holy Spirit. We are not to stifle the work of the Holy Spirit in our life or the lives of others. Sin quenches the Spirit. Traditions quench the Spirit. Living for the approval of man and his made man rules can quench the Holy Spirit. 
having a proudful spirit or elevating yourself above another human being, even though you are a Christian, can quench the work of the Holy Spirit in your life. Cold looks, studied disregard or disdain for another human being is not God's way of love, beloved. And the spirit is quenched whenever we aren't walking in love to the best of our ability. And I want to tell you that love is not selfish. There is no such thing as selfish love. The Bible says, in fact, love is not selfish. And so when we walk in the spirit of love, we are not thinking about what's good for us and ourselves, but we are thinking about the Lord and what he wants from us and not the approval of man. Also, we are encouraged not to despise prophesyings. In other words, don't despise the preaching and the teaching of God's word or the testimony of others just because maybe they don't, you know, believe exactly what you do. Maybe you can still glean something from it if you will listen, if they are truly holding up Jesus Christ and that they love him. We are to hold fast that which is good and to prove all things. This means to prove things in the light of the word of God. Paul tells us to abstain from all appearance of evil. This means anything that has any hint of evil associated with it. We are to abstain from it. If we doubt whether we should say or do certain things, it's best not to do it. A great preacher said once that there are seven distinct frames of mind for the Christian found in these verses 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. They are the praiseful frame, meaning that we find all of God's dealings to be infinitely grand and for some purpose. Secondly, there is the prayerful frame. Prayer should never be unsuitable or unseemly. It should be our first course of action. Then there is the thankful frame. Even in circumstances not pleasant to the flesh, we are to give thanks. And then there's the spiritual frame. The Holy Spirit should have full liberty in and through us at any given time. And then there's the teachable frame. We should accept any channel God chooses to use. And then, of course, there's the judicial frame, testing all things by God's holy scriptures. And lastly, the hollowed frame. If evil takes shape in your mind, avoid it immediately and start to praise your Father in heaven. This, beloved, is having the right frame of mind and the faith to live by. You've been listening to Faith to Live By with Sue Taylor. If you would like to write with your comments or to request a copy of this program for an $8 donation, write Sue Taylor, 10827 Highway 86 East, Neosho, Missouri, 64850. Sue Taylor is a member of the KNEO team and a keynote speaker at several church and women's events throughout the four-state area. To book Sue for your next event, contact Sky High Radio at 417-451-5636. The world is in chaos, and you're here for a purpose. What does the Bible have to say about it all? I'm Mark Taylor, host of Crosspoint podcast and radio show, and I'd like to invite you to join me each week as I navigate the complexities of faith, culture, and personal growth. Each week, I interview a different guest who is making an impact on the culture for God's kingdom. Whether you're seeking spiritual guidance, true information, or a fresh perspective, this podcast equips you to discern truth in today's chaotic world. 
When Christianity intersects with everyday life, that's where you'll find Crosspoint, sometimes discussing the issues that some churches don't want to talk about. Look up Crosspoint with Mark Taylor wherever you get your podcast produced by KNEO Radio and the Sky High Podcast Network.